Hey everybody, Mark Westcott here with uh, Juanita Maiden again and guess who's in Cairns and guess who's uh, who's on the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> well we can see that we can see your background so I, I, think, it's, I think it's easy to work out. <laughs> I'm rugged up in a, in a jumper and so on and you're in your tropical, coming, tropical best up there. I'm coming from tropical so. Cairns today. Yes. Broadcasting from Cairns. Anyway, great to have you here. Thanks for thanks for finding a spot in Cairns to uh, to join the broadcast today, Anita. So we had some great feedback from um, uh, last week's session when uh, <coughs> we went through all those issues from last week. And I, I'm just going to throw this up here on the board too. We've um, with one of Anita's colleagues. We've been doing some uh, webinars in regard to how to stop the family squabbles. And if you uh, just want to register for that webinar, just go to ruralbusinessdepot.com and that will take you straight to a uh, registration page for the uh, webinars if you want to come on and have a look at those. We've uh, had a number of uh, people comment uh, great feedback in regard to the content and so on, so uh, it's nice to be able to create some value as we are doing here again today. Absolutely. So, uh, thanks. So uh, uh, today we're, we're going to touch on... Um, the issues, uh, two weeks ago, we touched on all the issues, uh, all the documents needed in a, in a good estate plan. So today we're going to touch on this as estate and succession mastery. So you're the guru here today. Anita, you're the clever one. So we're going to touch on all the things you need for a successful succession plan, certainly in regard to documentation. I mean, you know, apart from all the obvious issues that, uh, you know, we talk about in the webinar and, and so on, but in regard to you know family communication intergenerational communication stopping conflict and and all those sorts of things knowing how to start the conversations and so on when once you get through all those and you know you realize you need to do something about your succession plan mm. uh to, today let's talk about what that entails so do you want to just yeah. roughly go through an overview of things yeah absolutely and probably to clarify those that aren't quite clear because it's not obvious to everyone what the difference is between our estate planning and our succession planning. But in, in very simple terms, our estate planning is planning for how your affairs will be handled uh, after you pass away. Um, and we've yep. covered a lot of those topics already. Um, succession planning is, is more focused on in your lifetime as well as afterwards. But we're talking about how the succession of entities, um, be it partnerships or companies or trusts, etc will pass on from, it could be from generation to generation, and that can be during one's lifetime as well as after one's death. So uh, succession of entities, I suppose, succession of um, and control of entities. Um, so we've got a few key agreements that we're going to cover today, um, which address okay. different types of entities. Okay. Because when you, you know, think about, um, you know, the work that I do more so in regard to uh, rural families and so on, I mean, Mm. We strike all sorts of arrangements. People own own stuff in partnership. Husbands and wife own the property yep. and all the stock and so on. Simply in a in a partnership, and that's that's one way. Uh, sometimes they might have a company that owns the, the the stock, but they still own the property in their own names. And other times, there's trusts involved, or uh, which is more rare, but. Uh, so let's let's cover all. Yeah, the although we do see a lot of those, Mark, because the trust certainly went through a um a phase where they they were the flavour of the the month or the or the year or the decade. So 
we are seeing a lot of that and and probably just to um to to wrap that little bit up that you just said mark we often often also see a combination of all of those so Absolutely, you know, we yes. a, a trust with a corporate trustee or we might have a um a company with a trust as a shareholder etc or partnerships of trust so um they can all become a bit of a puzzle a good puzzle for us we love puzzles <laughs> that's right absolutely we get to use our brains mm, absolutely but uh, and, and i guess one example recently we had uh, the properties were all owned uh, in in joint tenancy i i, I think and, and yet these clients had a uh, had a holiday home which was owned in a family trust and they had something else which was owned by a company. So, yes, the, mm. the, the, an absolute uh, mix of, of, uh, of entities. But, but you know, when you look at succession planning, Juanita, what, what are the partnership agreements, I guess, are, you know, people in partnership uh, is, is a common one. So what are the sorts mm. of things you need to look out and, and and if you're in partnership and you die, what are the rules in regard to what happens to the partnership, the assets, and how yeah, do you, how yeah. do you succession? Well, a lot of people are really surprised by um, this fact about partnership agreements or partnerships is that on death, unless you have provided for what will happen in a partnership agreement or in your will, the partnership will dissolve. It's dissolved mm. on death. So that can have... Um, various ramifications which may be quite unwanted um, financial as well as uh, control and, and passing on and I'm sure most accountants um, would much prefer that that doesn't happen unintended that the partnership becomes dissolved so really important if you're in a partnership the very first thing is to make sure you either address the succession of that partnership by a separate partnership agreement or in your will. I think I remember in grade 10 bookkeeping we learned okay, about oh. structure. Oh, uh, I was going to be a bit cheeky. That's not that far back, is it, Mark? It wasn't that far back. It was only a couple of years ago. But uh, grade 10 bookkeeping, we learned about partnerships. And as soon as one yeah. died, I remember back then the partnership was dissolved. So uh, yeah. so how do you get, you're going to tell us, but I mean, how do you, yeah. how do you guard against that? Well, it's, it's, it's pretty, um, the way to guard against it is pretty simple. Uh, by providing, you know, in your will, first of all, a clause, that might address um, how you would like your share in the partnership to pass on, and also particularly um, what you would, how you want the financials treated. So, um, and of course, we're talking about partnership agreements here today, as opposed to wills. And this is this is can all be documented in your partnership agreement. Also, um, often we'll see on someone's death there will be unpaid present entitlements for trust or loans or. Um, you know, unpaid dividends and all this sort of thing in balance sheets. Uh, and so they're assets of someone, often assets or liabilities, so in some cases that, that can be passed on on death. So um, we would recommend that um, for all of those people that are entering in a partnership, uh, and we'll go on to talk about companies and trusts, not so much trust, but um, particularly companies and, and partnerships, that you put in place this agreement so everyone is clear what happens on someone's death or when someone wants out, as we'll talk about a bit later. Um, so what we're, uh, will we go into sort of things we're looking to put in there now, Mark, or? Um... Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. And look, one of the questions I was going to ask you, Anita, is, uh, and so let's be honest about this, How much, what percentage of people who have a partnership and, and their accountant is, you know, doing the books on it every year, how many people who actually have a partnership actually have a, um, uh, a proper 
legal agreement around that partnership, proper partnership agreement. Not enough. Not enough, and um, not enough, and oh, just dropped my phone. And um, the the problem being, well, not the problem, but the reality being that when people are entering into a um, a business or a project with someone else, be it in a, yep. a company or a, a partnership, things are usually great and it's exciting, and um, everyone. And they like it. They like each other and nothing's bad's gone wrong. And so, and, and also too, um, there's a limited budget, like lots of startups will have a, 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 a smaller budget and there's priorities to spend your money on. So um, a lot of people might see this as not top of the priority list. So um, for that reason, all those reasons, um, often these agreements won't be put in place by people. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, that is when the best time to put them in place is when everyone's happy and getting on and can speak clearly um, and about what they, you know, would like to happen if things don't go well uh, because it becomes a proverbial fight um, if things don't go badly and it's not documented. Or, it, but it, you know, it might be a falling out when I say badly, but it also might be someone's, you know, unfortunate, unexpected death. So, um, yep. yeah, very often they're not in place. Okay, what what's what are the key requirements of a good uh, partnership agreement before we go on to uh, companies? Yep. Um, the, well, similar similar things in in both, um, with some extras probably in in a in a shareholders agreement. But some of the things we're looking at uh, is that what the contributions are by the respective partners to the um, setting up of the of yep. the, the business or the project. Um, who's whose roles are what. Some partners or some shareholders, uh, as we'll talk about, um, like to be active and are involved in the business, but some are silent. So what is the expectations around whose roles, uh, whose roles are what and what people will do? Um, probably a really, really important one is uh, if there is a dispute or um, uh, a, a disagreement, how will that be resolved? So what is the process um, for that to be resolved? So uh, everyone is clear um, on what that will look like and how they will get to some sort of um, resolution. Um, you can put in things like restraint of trade. So if, if the um, partnership or the, the company, uh, the shareholders part ways, will there be a restraint of trade on one? Is that important or, or is it not? Um, as we just oh, when spoke they're about, friends. Not when, when they're, they're friends. friends. <laughs> They'd never expect that would happen, so they wouldn't worry no, about that. No, no. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's right. Then the fight start. Um, but yeah. but as we've we've already spoken about briefly um, in that partnership agreement, for example, should be what happens when one partner wants out, and it might just be on good terms. It might just be that they're moving town, or they've got a, a family now and they have to focus on something else. So it, it may well very, may very well be for good reasons, not always um, bad reasons. We shouldn't always suspect the worst. Uh, so in those sort of cases, uh, how will the share, the partnership share or the company share, how will that be valued uh, and right. who by? And uh, what is the process for selling that, um, that share in that partnership or in the company? Uh, does it have to, or does it have to be first offered to an existing partner, or can it be sold to a third party? So um, these are all questions we would ask people when they're setting up their entity, because often they haven't thought about it. But um, by putting these these processes in place at the start, everyone's really clear 
uh, mm. what will happen if any of those those sort of things um, you know, arise down the track. Yeah, and I, and I guess a, a good example of this, Juanita, would be uh, accounting firms, legal firms. I mean, and it may be a partnership of companies or whatever, but yep. you know, in the day, certainly a lot of the uh, the big corporate, sorry, the big groups, accountants, uh, solicitors, and so on, there was partnership arrangements, and you had these young junior guys coming in, and you had the guys in their sixties, and uh, you you really need to have some some specific rules, don't you, about uh, what's going to happen to um, to certain people, you know, certain yeah. Situations like retirement or, or whatever. Because uh, if you think about it, if 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 there isn't provision made for what will happen, um, so let's use myself for an example. So if I was a partner in a law firm um, and yep. I decided if something happened to me one day, or I decided I wanted to to sell my part my share to someone else, my my partnership interest, yep. maybe those existing partners wouldn't want to deal with who I want to sell it to, or. Uh, if I left everything in my estate to my husband, all of a sudden, you know, my my business partners are dealing with my husband, and you know he's great, but they might they might not want to you know do that. So um, these oh, it's are his lawyer. It's his lawyer that they'll have the trouble. <laughs> trouble. That's right. So these are consequences <laughs> that can happen if you if you don't plan ahead and document that. Hmm. Now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna duck down and and pick up my my um my notes that I dropped here, Mark. <laughs> no, 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 go go for your life. So I'll just add lib while you're uh, doing that, and while we're you're back, putting plugs back. <laughs> back in. No, that's fine. So let's talk about uh, companies. So uh, yeah, we've talked a lot about. I mean, there's a lot of uh, similarities between companies and, uh, and and partnerships in regard to you know needing to have uh, rules or or partnership agree. Uh, sorry, uh, shareholders agreements. I guess a different name. You're a shareholder right. if you're in a company. Yeah. So as we said. Um, with the partnership agreement, I, I guess just to wind that up, the main thing is um, putting something in place so the partnership doesn't dissolve on someone's death. Shareholders' mm. agreements is a little bit different. So when we're establishing a company, there will obviously, well, not obviously, there will be um, shares in that company held by individuals or by um, trusts, for example. Now, you don't leave a company in your will and you don't leave the assets that are owned by the company in your will, but you leave the shares in the, sure. in the company in the will. So that's what we're really focused on here, what we want to happen to those shares um, when someone passes away. But as I alluded to before, a shareholders agreement isn't all about where those um, shares may go uh, on, on death or um, on exit. It also covers all those things that I, that I spoke about. So... Um, when what, what will be the roles of the directors? Will the shareholders be able to nominate their own director? Um, what will be the roles and responsibilities of the shareholders and or the directors? Uh, again, how do we resolve disputes? Uh, particularly important when you've got two shareholders, you, you know, and, you, and you've got a 50-50 vote. So um, what happens when you just disagree and you've got a deadlock? So uh, processes to resolve that. Um, again, restraint of trade. But I, I think probably one of the key differences with this agreement to the partnership agreement is that role of directors that you have. So, um, you know, being very clear you can own shares but have no say, effectively. You can have no say in the, I suppose, to have no say in the day-to-day -day administration of the company because that would be the directors. Um, however, the shareholders could potentially 
get rid of the directors. But but what does the shareholders' agreement say? Is that you know do they have a right? Does someone have a right to put um, their own director in? So um, some companies might have a board have a board of directors. Um, we spoke before about you know when a, a shareholder exits. So um, again, how will the company be valued and by who? Uh, if I want to get out of the company, and if we're if we're in a company together, Mark, and I want to get out, do I have to offer you my shares first, or can I just sell them to the next door neighbour? So, um, the, <laughs> no, no. So nothing against my neighbour. Another important one that just popped to mind too is. If, if the partnership or the company, if things don't go well and um, the, the, the partners or the shareholders are required to put more money in, what, what, is, what are their obligations there? So, you know, not everything is going to be um, perfect, as we know. So being very clear in that situation, what are the respective obligations as far as putting money in at the start and, and if things aren't going well? And to the flip of that, what are the dividends that the shareholders are entitled to and when? So do we want to retain money for a few years in the company or every year are we going to pass that dividend? So, again, the sort of um, conversations that aren't first and foremost in your mind when you're um, bright out of bushy-tailed and setting up um, this sort of structure. It's like a marriage in a lot of ways, isn't it? You know, everyone goes in with great it intentions. It's, and it's it doesn't always, you know, unfortunately. It's a bit like a prenup, isn't it? A prenup for a company or a prenup for a partnership. And look, for, for those people who say, you know, why do these guys try and dredge up all the bad things that can happen? I mean, well, the truth is if nothing goes wrong and everyone's happy, then, you know, that that's fine. You don't, you don't have arguments around these sorts of things, but you only need one... You only need one little thing to go wrong and to there to be a dispute about something. And I mean that's that's what you get paid for. That's what we get paid for is to think about all the things that, are, that can go wrong. Look at the worst case scenario and make sure by asking the right questions, make sure that we've covered off on uh, uh, on all those issues so that people mm. still can survive and get on. And, and there's rules around uh, rules around behaviour and uh, how to get in and out and, and, and so on. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, and I and I suppose speaking of you know generational succession, um, it, it's important to have that conversation whether if you're an if you're in partnership or if you're in a, um, a a company arrangement with someone else, do they want to go into business with your your children and your next generation? Like, what does that look like? Because sure. that might not necessarily yeah. be the case. Yeah, look, absolutely. That probably could segue into uh, buy sell agreements and. Uh, uh, share purchase agreements, whatever you want to call them, in, in regard to <coughs> companies especially, uh, is, uh, you know, how many companies have you seen where there is no buy-sell agreement? I mean, there might be rules around shareholder. Uh, there's a, a lot of people have maybe a uh, shareholder's agreement which tells them how many weeks holiday they can have and what are the rules for, for if they have a blue and when they've got to put money in and all those sorts of things. But a buy-sell agreement really talks about what you just said, uh, you know, if you want to sell your shares to, um, uh, you know, your next door neighbour, and I don't get on with your next door neighbour, you know, how do how do I um, have some comfort in knowing that you've got to sell them to me first, you know, provided mm. I pay you the money? Yep. So buy sell agreements. Let's touch on them. Yeah, and and additionally to um, what you've just said, it may not only be on someone's death; it may be on someone's incapacity. So if I was to get um, Unfortunately, hit by a bus tonight and couldn't um, could no longer work in our in our uh, 
company if we had one together, Mark? You know, what, what does that mean yeah. then? So who, who steps in or doesn't step in then? But a buy-sell agreement will often incorporate um, an insurance policy. So if, if um, I was to pass away, you might want to buy um, or if I was to be incapacitated, buy my share. But how do you afford that? So often there'll be an insurance policy taken out on the, the key man or the, you know, the shareholder. So if something happens to yeah. them, the, the continuing uh, partner or the continuing shareholder has, a, um, has access to finances to be able to purchase the other interest. So um, often intertwined in that buy-sell agreement and it just particularly sets out those scenarios, uh, what happens and how when someone can no longer be involved in the, in the entity. Absolutely. Look, back in my in my previous life, which was in the insurance business, I used to most of my work was involved in doing uh, uh, partnership insurance and so on to fund these sorts of buy sell insurance and um, uh, sorry, the, these buy sell agreements. And I remember the easiest way to get people to think about whether they needed insurance or not was to say, well, you know, if you how would you like to be in business with your partner's wife's next husband? Uh, absolutely absolutely what, usually what, what the answer mean? is no <laughs> oh i don't want to be in you know with the partner's wife's next husband lawyer yeah. or rather some other well-meaning friend who's going to come in and give your partner you know your ex-partner's wife advice on what she should be doing and and yeah. so on and the, the simplest way was just to uh, you know fund the purchase of the shares with with life insurance in many cases and uh, and it was very clean and very easy too so that you know, if you've got five people in a partnership, one person dies, you know, the, the spouse ends up with the right amount of money and the shares go to the other four partners, for example, yeah. and, and everyone yeah. can get on with their lives and no one's disadvantaged. Yeah. Everyone has certainty that the partners have certainty that uh, they haven't got to deal with some random outside person. And the, um, uh, you know, the spouse of the deceased partner, uh, you know, they, they've got their money and they can get on with their lives. So... Um, uh, you know, it was just a clean way of, of doing everything. So very important. And, there, there's, oh, and the last thing you want to be worrying about on top of all the other concerns and emotional um, uh, challenges during that time is having a fight about the shares in the company or the partner, you know, the share of the partnership um, itself. Mm. So by having this document, it can take so much, um, uh, um, you know, so much well, you're going through emotional grief at the time anyway, yeah. emotional paralysis and, and all those things. And, and if the certain, you know, certainty is just a lovely word. Uh, ah, you know, I it. use yeah. it all the time yeah. in, in yeah. what I do with estate and succession planning is that yeah. you want to create certainty, confidence and security for, for, for those that are left behind. Um, now, right. moving on from there, so now we're, we're, let's talk about trusts and uh, where you've got a, a family trust or whatever sort of trust you uh, uh, what do you, what do you do in creating a, a it's it's really because a trust is not not owned by any individual is it it's uh, it's a legal entity of its own but can you have appointors and trustees and so on and that's probably a conversation for another day those different roles but how do you make sure the uh, uh, the succession of the uh, ownership or con sorry not the ownership succession of the control of the trust. Uh, from one generation to the next. So, for example, if a family, if, you know, a mum and dad set up a family trust years ago and they own all this real estate or a business or whatever, uh, on their death, either one death or both, uh, you know, how do they make sure that that passes down to the right people in the next generation? 
in, yeah. in regards well, to the control of that trust? Well, the control is the key word, isn't it? So, um, again, you can't leave the trust in your will or the assets that are owned by the trust in your will. Um, or, or, well, with, I was going to say in your lifetime, but we'll probably not, not complicate things. But um, the key here is passing on the control. And the way we uh, do that is consider what the roles in the trust are. And you just mentioned the appointor or principal of the trust. And uh, this is the, the, the most important um, role in that respect because the, the, the principal or the appointer of the trust has the overarching power to remove and replace the trustee. Uh, and the trustee is the person who administers the trust day to day as such. So um, the key thing here is thinking about on your death or on your incapacity, who would you want the control of the trust to go to? And the answer, whatever that answer is, that is best documented um, in a deed of succession of trust. And it can also be documented in your will. But, um, but that being absolutely um, crucial, because if you don't document that, then the default will be whatever the trust deed says. And a lot of people don't know that. Or it could be just who you don't want it to be. Yes. Um. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole range of issues here, such as divorce and uh, and, and so on. What if you uh, what if you've been divorced and uh, uh, you know once again that's about we talked about delinquent documents and making sure all your documents uh, <clears throat> are up to date. But I mean, you know, you need to protect too that if one husband or wife dies and it defaults to the other person and they remarry, uh, you know, what what danger is that to uh, you know the succession through to the uh, to the next generation? Or it may default to your legal rep legal personal representative, and that, that goes back to the executor in your will. Um, another important thing to think about with trusts is is leaving the if you have a, a company as a trustee, who are those shares left to? So what will happen to the trustee yes. company on your death? Uh, and so that's something that also should be addressed. And uh, finally, on that topic, a very important thing that a lot of people forget is what's in the balance sheet. So if you are owed or owe the trust money on your death, then when you die, it's now owed or owed, owned by the estate. And that can cause some real issues, particularly if there's not a lot of cash in the trust. So it's just really important in these documents to document um, who will control the trust, uh, who will take over the shares if there's a corporate trustee, and who will be entitled to any balance sheet liabilities or unpaid present entitlements. Yeah, look, I just see it's worth, thank you, and uh, uh, it's just um, uh, worth touching on too, you know, it's all very well to leave the shares in the trustee company of a trust to, uh, and think that that's done the right thing in passing on the control. So let me reword this. Uh, the trustee may well be a company and the shares in that company and you, and so in your will you pass on the shares to who you think is right in the next generation and think, well, wow, that that gives them control of this trust. But I mean, the real issue is the appointor of the trust. And without making this too complicated, you can give the shares in the trustee company to whoever you like. But I mean, if the appointor becomes someone who's not a friendly, they sack the trustee company and um, and your family may end up with no control over the trust at all. And That's the right. reason I bring this complication up is that what we're trying to show here is that life isn't necessarily just simple. and. And this is a perfect example of 
whether you've got a partnership, whether you've, you've got a company structure, whether you've got fam family trusts or some form of trust, uh, or you've got any combination of uh, all three of those things, uh, you really, really need to have a due diligence every now and again and just make sure that your, what I call delinquent documents, make sure your documents aren't delinquent and make sure your intentions at the time, because people's intentions change every every few years, you know, kids uh, kids grow up, they get married, uh, they they become delinquent for periods of time during their university years or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, you wouldn't want to give control to them at certain periods in their life uh, or, or you'd want two people or, you know, you get divorced, married again, whatever, all these sorts of things. You know, it's, it's so imperative to not just put this stuff, as we were saying last week, in the top drawer and just, you know, think, oh, yeah, I've done something about that years ago. It's all going to be fine. You really need to, to, to have a full medical check on your, uh, on your legal documents, uh, you know, every three, four years, I'd suggest, and, and, you know, go see someone who knows what they are talking about and uh, to get all this stuff uh, checked, audited. Hmm. That's right. So if you have a company or a partnership or a trust and you can't answer any of those questions that we've asked today, then you need yep. to you need to have that addressed. Yeah, yeah. Just give us a call or, or give Juanita or myself a call and uh, we'll point you in the right direction on how to, uh, to get an audit done. So, you know, two weeks ago we talked about all the documents you would need from an estate planning point of view. You can go back and have a look at those either on YouTube or in the Facebook uh, uh, estate and succession mastery uh, group. Uh, today we've talked about the documents you need as part of a succession plan, depending on whether you've got a partner, it doesn't matter, partnership, company, trust structures or whatever. So uh, uh, I hope you've, you're finding these useful and Bonita, thanks for your time. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking time off from your sunbaking up there in Cairns to, <laughs> to come and do this today. Uh, so I appreciate your input and uh, to everyone watching, Thanks for watching and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everyone. See you later.